So here's my entire idea here. Actually, I mean, fuck it. Let's just let's just go. I mean, Love the audience the audience can hear our, my idea for this too. So this is today is May seventh, two thousand twenty two. We're recording this to be released on May tenth, two thousand twenty two, for the fiftieth anniversary ish of the great Rotterdam show from Europe seventy two. Play at 1972. And so Dave and I had prepared some notes. We were going to do an episode about this show. And then we had switched our schedule because we expected to get Dave's Picks Volume 42 in time to have that episode out on the 10th. 10th. Yep. But then <laughs> I still haven't gotten mine. And um, I just got like a tracking number the other day that says it's going to be here next Wednesday. Dave is showing his to the camera right now. Uh, and so we kind of had to delay again, but we decided, well, we have all these notes for this Rotterdam show, which is amazing, an amazing show. So why don't we try a different format and do something that's more condensed. So my idea is to call this WP in 30 working man's pod in 30 minutes. And I am going to kind of just keep an eye on the time, be ruthless about when we're cutting ourselves off. And basically we'll do a mini show, no samples, no segments, keep it tight. Talk about the show in and out. So why are you, Maybe you're watching this on YouTube right now. I hope you are. If so, welcome. Uh, the reason why we're adding the video is because there are no samples, so it can go on YouTube. I recently read that YouTube is the number one or fastest growing or something um, medium for people to listen to podcasts today, which is kind of crazy. Um, and so why not jump on the bandwagon? So if you're wondering why maybe we sound a little bit different, hope not too different or maybe why there's less production value. It's because we're just recording this live on Zoom and we're going to take the, the finished product, throw it on YouTube, throw it on our podcast feed and hope that you enjoy. Dave, is that about sum it up? That's about it. WP in 3D in 30. Let's hit it. <laughs> Love it. So this show, as I said, Rotterdam, May 11th, 1972. Grotezal de Dolin, I'm pretty sure is that's my best um, Dutch impersonation of how I think that that uh, venue would be named. It's basically a convention center in Rotterdam, which um, Rotterdam, I'm pretty sure the second biggest city behind Amsterdam in the Netherlands or in Holland, if, if you will. Uh, Grotezal means grand hall. So it's the biggest hall within De Dolan is like the convention center grounds. Um, have you looked at pictures of this place? No, I haven't. I can right now though. Do it. Check it out. It's gorgeous. It's like one of the prettiest concert venues you'll ever see. It's this really cool, like, um, well, actually let me read you what Blair Jackson wrote in his liner notes for this show in the Europe 72 complete box set release quote, a beautiful modern symphony hall with gently sloping orchestra section and modest, slightly elevated seating on the sides, wooden walls with irregularly jutting squares and rectangles, and a light-colored canopy overhead made of dozens more quadrilaterals angled for their acoustic properties. It is a futuristic sonic marvel. And I totally agree with that. It's this really cool, like he said, wood-looking room, very cozy and intimate. Um, capacity is 
2,200 people. And so just a cool place to play a show. I mean, which is the case for a lot of the places that, that the dead played uh, on the Europe 72 tour. So um, at this time in 1972, this was the only hall for music in this convention center grounds. Now they have two more that are much smaller, but just a kind of a cool place. Um, we don't really need to talk a lot about this tour or this year because we kind of covered that last month when we talked about the tour opening show on April 7th. But, you know, I mean, I guess we can just say this is a month later. They've been in Europe for a month now. They've hit England, France, um, Denmark, West Germany. I mean, they've been all over the place. And now these weary travelers are in the Netherlands for a show in Rotterdam. So this show, amazingly to me, had no tracks selected for the official Europe 72 LP. Feels wrong. It feels does. wrong. It does. Um, we'll get into maybe some of the reasons for why when we get into the set list, but according to Blair Jackson's liner notes, uh, this was Dick Latvala's favorite show of the Europe 72 tour. It's also our buddy Zach Cropper's favorite show of the Europe 72 tour. So some good Grateful Dead minds both agreeing that this is as good as it gets. What do you mm -hmm. think? Is this your favorite of the tour or wh wh where does it rank for you? No, but I think it's top three. Um, I still think my favorite is night two in London, opening it up. Yeah. Um, and I really four, like eight, 72 four, eight. Yep. And I really also like uh, 426, like our family member of the show. Um, Howard Weiner also likes that show, but I would put this in uh, the bronze. What about you? Is this top three, top five for you? This is top one for me. Top one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. I was, opening uh, beverage as you were saying that that's why I was muted but yeah um top one for me I don't think it gets any better I think that the second set jam so four eight it's interesting to me that you compare it to that because uh, I'm that's a show I'm very familiar with I also adore that show it's in my top three of my probably my top three of 1972 as a whole would be this show and Veneta in some order and then that one, it's like right below it. But the thing that to me differentiates this show from the Wembley show and from every other show of Europe 72 and the rest of the band's history, number one, it's the longest dark star they ever played, which is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Number two. So uh, let me, let me, I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't misstate this. The set to jam on the second night at Wembley is. Dark Star, Sugar Mag, Caution. Boom, boom, boom. Long versions of all three. All amazing. You get done with this massive Dark Star. And I also just picked up that show on vinyl. And it's funny that the Dark Star can't fit on one side of an LP. So you get like most of the way through and then have to flip it. And then you, know, oh. you keep going in Dark Star. Kind of a bummer, but it's also kind of yeah. cool. Just because it's so unique. Um. And then you go into sugar mag and then it's like, how do they still have the energy to give me like another, like 26 minutes of caution at this point? It's crazy. Right. This though, second set jam is like the bigger, better version of that to me because you have dark star drums, dark star, massive, massive dark star. Then you have that familiar transition into sugar mag into caution, then into trucking. Yeah. 
awesome versions of all of them. And then the Uncle John's band at the end of that, it's just like the icing on the cake. So to me, that is how just like just looking at the second set jam, this show versus the Wembley show, it it takes a step above for me. I respect it. I respect it. So anyway, that's that's kind of where this show ranks for us, kind of on a high level. It's an amazing show. We both love it. We both think it's as as good as it gets. I mean, really, for the Grateful Dead. So let's talk about the set list. So set one, very songy. Long. Yeah, a lot of songs in set one. Um, because we are keeping this tight, I'm not going to read the whole set list. Let's just kind of start talking through it. So you get a plane in the band opener. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I mean, we're running out of the gate. Uh, it's about 11 minutes long, this plane. And it's excellent, as are all of the plane in the bands on, um, on Europe 72. We had said that we were going to kind of highlight each of our top three songs on set one. Did this break into your top three? No, but it's number four. Okay, so it was the, it's first man out. Yeah, well, not to spoil it a little bit, if you're giving me China Rider as one song, yeah, then then Plan will be number four. Okay. Yes, I am. That is, I'm giving you that as one song. So okay, Plan is number four for you. It's number three for me. So I felt like this was a great Plan in the band. Um, I had this and the China Rider kind of three, four as well. And I'm not going to lie. It was a game time decision for me. Whichever one you were going to talk about, <laughs> I was going to leave off so that I could talk about the other one. Um, but I mean, I, I don't really need to even say that much about this plane in the band. Cause it, if you listen to what we said about the one from four, seven to open the tour, if you listen to what we said with Zach, when we talked with him about this tour, all the same things apply. Uh, what Zach said about these playing in the bands could get open in a phone booth, like takes no time at all for them to just get far out and to, you know, really get going. Um, I think it's true here. The one reason why I had it high up in my set one rankings is because this is a pretty laid back set one. And so this really starts them out like with some great energy, gets the people up and dancing. And I think it's a a great and unique set one opener because they didn't open set one uh, with playing very often in Europe 72. I think this and maybe one or two more, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a great way to start the show. So what what is your number three then on your top three for set one? Going down a little bit into the China Rider. That's my number three. Um, I enjoyed the China and there are some shows where the China is better than the writer and vice versa. Just listening to the China cat. I was like, this is pretty good. I bet you this is going to be one of those shows where the China is better than the, I know you writer. And that could not be further from the truth. I'm so glad to be wrong. The, I know you writer was spectacular, just a good jammed out, but kind of tight version, kind of like playing. And what Dr. Cropper said, getting open in a phone booth, they go out, but then come back in and keep it nice and tight. Yeah, I um, I definitely agree with that. I thought that the I Know You Rider was a noticeably laid back version of that song, um, which I liked. And yeah, 
it's like the end, the end part of China, there's this really light, airy transition into I know you rider. And it kind of just keeps that energy. It's um, kind of a lot. It's similar to what I really like about a lot of 74 and 73 versions of eyes where it's just like, it's just like, yeah, just light and airy. It's what I would say. It's really good. I'm, I'm a big fan of that transition that comes in at just over 11 minutes, which is like a good kind of like playing like a good tight version with plenty of room to jam. Um, okay. So numbers two and one on our respective set one highlights, uh, was good loving on your, and your top three. It was number two. Oh yeah. Wow. It's number um, two for me as well. Why don't you, uh, nice. why don't you start us off? What, what did you love about it? I just thought for a kind of more jammy song in set one, which you don't see too often on the Europe 72 tours, um, Europe 72 shows. Now you got me doing it. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was great. And then this is kind of going to spoil a lot of the analysis here and later on in set two, but I think this is probably the best pig pen show of Europe 72. Like just not, from the way he sounds, because he's very sick at this point, and now we're kind of nearing the end of Europe 72, but he put on like a legendary performance on uh, May 11th. And just the way he sounds in the Good Lovin' is so great compared to the rest of the Good Lovin's on this tour that it it just stood out to me. Totally agree. This is a great Pigpen show from literally every perspective everything he's doing he's doing really well on this show and yeah i I thought this was an awesome version they played good love in 14 times throughout europe 72 i think that this is one of the best it's so good the way that he's singing throughout this show it's varied and he's bringing the energy that he needs for his different songs because we're going to get into what i think is like his masterpiece song in the second set but in set one, you have Mr. Charlie, Chinatown Shuffle, uh, Hurts Me Too, and Good Lovin'. So four songs by Pigpen, right? Um, and I mean, he's great on all of them. In uh, Chinatown Shuffle, he's it's like played at a really nice, deliberate pace. And he's just like enunciating every lyric. Like the way that he's singing is just awesome. Um and then uh, Mr. Charlie, he's like, you know, a little bit more loose, kind of um, got a little bit more stank on his vocals. And then in Good Lovin', he's like, his like rap, his everything um, is so good. And the way that he is like being like the front man and front man and band leader, bringing yep. him into moments like bring it down. Like, things, I don't know if that's a verbatim quote, but it's things like that where he'll be like, he'll be like, here we go. Like thing, he says things like that. And then the band will like take a cue from launch him, right. launch it out or, or break it down. Um, and s- stuff like that is just a showcase for him. Um, so and then just to keep going on pig pen hurts me too, was my favorite song. <laughs> <Mine this too. laughs> first set. Jeez. He just sounded so good. It's, it was so nice and bluesy. You know, I'm a big blues guy. So, I mean, we're, at the halfway point and we should probably dive into set two, but I just want to say hurts me too was my favorite. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about it at least a little bit since it was both of our favorites. Yeah, true. I totally agree. Great blues music. I love the harmonica solo that pig pen rips off in the middle of yep, it. Yep, Tremendous yep. and nice subtle slide guitar from Jerry. That also sounds good. 
the interplay between those two when he's you know harmonica guitar harmonica guitar sounds awesome uh yeah i mean overall just couldn't agree more uh and i think that it's not surprising that we're both given huge shouts to pig in this set one because he he really does in a lot of ways steal the show all right set two now i'm going to say the set list for this one <laughs> so you have morning dew the first morning dew of the tour one of only four that they played in europe then you first got one with keith oh yeah that's true then you've got um me and my uncle the Stranger, Two Souls in Communion. That's the Pigpen masterpiece I was mentioning earlier. Um, El Paso, Tennessee Jed, Next Time You See Me. And then we get into the, the monster set two jam that I referred to. Dark Star. Got a 1345 Dark Star, then a 345 drums, then a 30-minute Dark Star. So I said this was the longest Dark Star they ever played. That includes, if you take out the four minutes of drums in the middle, it's still the longest Dark Star they played. This is the longest song they played in Europe by far. If you take the other one, every, the other one, every dark star they played the other one on this tour, they were doing a lot of like the other one drums, fill in the blank, the other one, including those songs in the middle. This is still longer than every, the other one they played in Europe 72. This is a, this is the, this is it basically. Um, it is just as, as long and as weird and as good as it gets. Out of Dark Star, as I said earlier, Sugar Mag, then into Caution, the last Caution that they played, then Truckin', Uncle John's Band, and then there actually is a One More Saturday Night Encore that didn't make it onto the CD for whatever reason. Um, so when you and I were talking about doing this yesterday, and I mentioned 30 minutes, I jokingly said that we could spend 30 minutes just talking about the morning dew. Yeah, but we could though. <laughs> I know, but we only have 13 minutes to go. So we're going to have to get in and out on this morning too, but man, what a great version. I yeah. mean, just gorgeous playing great singing by Jerry. Mm -hmm. um, his voice sounded great throughout set one too, but there are parts when I feel like he's like really feeling, I don't know if they were tripping at this show. I assume that they probably were with 45 minutes of dark star, <laughs> but um <laughs> The, the way that he's singing Morning Dew, there are a couple of vocal flubs. They don't take away from it at all because he just sounds so good. And his guitar playing is tremendous. The piano playing, the drums, I mean, the bass, everything it just sounds so good on this song. Uh, what did you think about it? Completely agree. Uh, there's a, just a beautiful solo from Jerry um, after the five minute mark that fully encapsulates the melodic melancholy that is Morning Dew. <laughs> Um, like that hopeful sadness that is this song. And it's definitely an intense version of the song. It's so intense that it just kind of cuts off and it sounds like a little strange, but mm -hmm. it's because Bob broke his string <laughs> going so <laughs> yeah. hard. Um, yeah, that's I, it. I don't think that they lose anything for that either. It like, it was winding to its natural conclusion anyway. And yeah, then they're like, Bob broke his string. Got to take a break. But um yeah, great version. Like I said, or I think I said almost 13 minutes long, just a killer morning do. It's my favorite of the tour. And the the first of, as I said, four that they would play throughout kind of the final two weeks of the Europe 72 run. Next song, me and my uncle don't think we need to really talk about it. It's Keith fine. and Keith and Pigpen going ham on like both their respective keys was kind of cool to hear. But yeah, yeah that's it. 
Okay. Uh, the Stranger, Two Souls in Communion. Just such a pretty song. Um, it feels like extra poignant given the stage of life Pigpen was at when he wrote it. And um, this is the second highest ranked version on Hetty version of the song. I think that's underrated. I think it's the best this song ever sounded. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, he's singing his heart out on it, which is just great. Uh, and I still don't think it's the peak of Pigpen on this show. Um, so, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I, I really love the way it is. And the only thing that I will, the last thing I'll say about it is morning dew. And then me and my uncle, me and my uncle, whatever, but then the stranger, you have like those two songs, morning dew and, and the stranger, two of the first three of set two. And it's almost like, it feels like you're going to a funeral or something. Mm-hmm. And so then the jump from that into the next two songs, El Paso and Jed, uh, it can be kind of jarring. And I think it, it would be if not for the fact that they were just playing so well on this night, both of those songs sound good. There's nothing that's going to like bring down or change the mood in a weird way. Um, beyond the fact that I think that like morning dew and the stranger are such hard acts to follow, especially this night. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that the beginning portion of, of set of set two. We rag on Tennessee Jed kind of recently, but this Tennessee Jed was really good. Yeah. Um, this is number 39 on heady version. The one we talked about a couple times ago from the Europe 72 opener is number 33. And I'm sorry, but that's just like, that needs to be corrected because this version was leaps and bounds better than the, the, fir- the four, seven 72 one. I think so too. I think it's more unique too. There's this section around like the six, seven minute mark where what they're doing sounds really creative and different. Uh, we can't do samples on this one. So you're just going to have to look it up and take my word for it. Trust but, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the El Paso Jed segment. And then the last song before we get into this mega jam, I know that Caution is a fan favorite. It's a great song. This is a great version of it. I think that next time you see me is peak pig pen on this show. Ooh. Um, his harmonica playing is great. The, du- great. the dueling solo thing that he and Jerry do where it's like pig pen kills the harmonica. Jerry murders a solo. Then they play together for like two bars, maybe three bars um, right before pig pen comes back onto the mic. Uh, I mean, just a great version. And it's only five minutes long. I don't even understand how it could be this good um, for one that's so short, but it really is. And great supporting vocals, mostly from Jerry on this song. Just a phenomenal um, little uh, pig pen track. And you can also tell he's really feeling it, right? Because a a lot of this tour by set two, he seems pretty exhausted and isn't doing a lot. He, he just he doesn't have a song. There are some shows where he doesn't even have a song in set two. Right. And this one he has three, including two before the big jam, which is I think kind of unique, but just yeah. really cool. Um, anything else now, on next time you see me? No, now we're into the big jam. Let's do it. Like I said, the longest dark star they ever played. Um the opening riff feels like a tick slower than how they've been playing it. And I don't mean that in a bad way, it's like perfect. I mean, it's just, it sounds so good. There's this part around like 445 when Bob, Phil, and Jerry are all like really picking. It's like, it 
reminds you of Jerry's banjo roots and his bluegrass roots, but like very psychedelicized version. <laughs> um, and Keith is just playing a ton of notes. And the note that I had is I felt like my brain was about to boil over during that part. It's just like so much. There's so much happening. Um, and then they devolve into this very minimalist segment in the middle of this first part of, yep. of dark star. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just a great, great version. Anything yeah. else for the pre-drums portion? I mean, if we had more time, I could go into it. I, because it was so long, the way that I took notes, I divided it into like five minute segments. Mm-hmm. So I have like a bunch on each five minutes, but I mean, it would eat up the rest of the time to go through just this first part, let alone the 30 minute dark star too. Yeah. Um, but That's no, fair. I just, one thing was I didn't notice dark star one. It doesn't have any singing. Yeah, like you don't yeah. notice it until the second half. Well, second fifth comes in when they start that 30 minute version. And uh, I was like, Whoa, I guess we were just out in space so deep that I didn't realize that the singing hadn't started. It's true. Yeah. You, and also sneak the drums like sneaks up on you. You, you don't realize that like they're into that. It's like, have I already been listening to this for almost 15 minutes? And, and then the, the drums are upon you. I mean, he, the drums real quick, Bill is just pounding the hell out of the floor, Tom, for the first like minute 30. And then he starts to get into something more complex and rhythmic and interesting. Um, but I mean, it's just like, it's like makes your heart thump that first beginning part. I mean, it's just awesome. Also, happy birthday to Bill. Today is in addition to hey, the anniversary nice. of Cornell 77. It's Bill Kreutzmann's birthday. So by the time this posts, happy belated birthday. All right. So your notes on the big portion of Dark Star, the 30 minute portion hit me. Yeah. Well, we're immediately back into space out of the drums. Um, we talked about the, it was my big surprise with the lyrics coming in. Um, the biggest thing I noticed was that it's very jazzy um, in the middle. And I thought that that was neat. And then about the 26 minute mark, there's a caution tease from Pigpen. I was like, oh, and then I didn't realize that we were going to go into Sugar Mag after it. Um, so I was like, oh, they're going to go right into caution. That's cool. But then they kind of died down a little bit and did their own thing before they transitioned into Sugar Mag. Yeah. I mean, so totally agree that the jazzy part in the middle, it almost sounds like where the band is going to be going in the next couple of years where mm-hmm. they get really jazzy. And as I'm sure you've been listening to on your newly received Dave's Picks 42. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, in the beginning, Phil is really leading the way for the first few minutes, very spacey. And then Jerry kind of takes us back into the dark star motif, like five minutes ish in, and then jumps like pretty quickly, not exactly like that, but pretty quickly into the, into the verse and singing. Um, His singing is like slightly ragged at times, but it's kind of cool. It suits the song well, and maybe a bit of foreshadowing of where his voice would go in the years to come. Phil bombs everywhere. Um, Phil tries to bring them back uh, into Dark Star a couple times, and they just are like, "No, we're not having it." They're they're <laughs> comfortable in their jazzy, spacey world, and so they keep going with it. Sugar Mag Bob's voice sounds a bit strained, but his rhythm guitar sounds awesome. He's doing some great yeah. stuff, um, and I mean, I just I mean, maybe not the best version of sugar mag but it's a, a pretty good one i don't know man that that coda that sun sunshine daydream coda that is like i worked out to that today yeah 
that was cooking, especially with Phil. I mean, he was, he was leading the heat. Yeah. And Bob's voice sounds better to me during that part. Um, I actually wrote that down. Bob's voice sounds better for sunny daydream. Um, and I love the pause beforehand. It's so dramatic. Um, okay. Then you get into caution. As I said, the last one that they played, um, with pig pen in the mix, there's a cool part during the, um, pig pen rap, like right around four 30 when they work in the other one theme, um, a little bit in the background, which is kind of cool. I mean, overall, it's just a really good version. I love the little, who do you love interlude that he puts in the middle. He didn't do that all that often. And it, it fits what they're doing here. And it, I think also just goes to show again, yet again, um, how, how good he was feeling that he was kind of playing with it a little bit, adding that. Yeah. No, that was great. And the transition from sugar mag is awesome too. And then speaking of transitions, it's like, they just go stop, drop trucking. And that was really cool to hear. I I loved that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that it's indicative of how nimble this band was at this point in time. You hear it a lot throughout this show. They'll like stop on a dime, you know, switch it up, go to this, go to that. But yeah, the, the switch into trucking is like, it's just so tight and a great version of truck and almost 10 minutes long. And it just like, doesn't, doesn't lag, doesn't lose your attention. It's just great. Nope. It's um, number 69 version of trucking on heavy version. Nice. Um, but I think that that's a little too low to be honest with you. I agree with that. Cause I think, this was good. Yeah, I, I think so too. So then that concludes the big second set jam. Uh, they get a nice applause break after that. And then they go into a really nice version of uncle John's band. To me, it sounds like it's Phil's choice to bring them here, um, which I'm happy for. I love it. Uh, great guitar work from Bob throughout. And Keith also sounds phenomenal throughout this song. Keith stood out to me the most. I actually thought this was an okay version. Maybe it's just because diving off that huge jam, it, it kind of felt like they weren't they weren't hitting that same level that they were before. So maybe just in comparison, it was a little meh, but I wrote down that Keith stood out in particular. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I adore this song. So maybe for me, I'm a little bit more biased. I love the last minute pig pen or bill. I'm not sure which one on a shaker. And other than that, it's just quiet except for the crowd clapping along. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And then Jerry does his best Elvis impersonation with a thank you very much. Good night, people. Um, I think that that might have been spliced from the end of the um, uh, one more Saturday night. I don't know, but um, either way, awesome, awesome show, awesome second set. Eighty-two minutes of second set jam. It's like forty percent of the show ish, something like that. Uh, you get the longest dark star they ever played, the longest jam they play in Europe, and I mean, on that note, Dave, I, I think. We bid you good night. That's it. That's it. You got it.